Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and we need your help with something. What's that? Keeping our show on the air. As the show grows, so do the costs of producing it and distributing the audio of Real Ghost Stories Online, the very thing that you listen to probably on a regular basis. So if you listen to the show regularly, we ask you to become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. We'll give you even more episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online to listen to in exchange for your support. It's only $5 a month, and you can sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Your support is what keeps our show going. Plus, we'll give you access to all of the past EPP bonus episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online, jam-packed with some of the creepiest stories we've ever gotten in, and exclusively for EPPs, more than 30 full episodes. Thanks for helping keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air. Without your support, the show couldn't go on. Sign up now to be an EPP, extra podcast person, on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And on tonight's episode, a listener shares why they cannot handle being stared at to this day after a frightening childhood event. Also, something decided to stir things up during a college lecture. A group of friends venture out to a cemetery for a good time, but something else has a good time at their expense. A young man realizes that the being in the grave he tampered with may be following him now. Those stories, your calls, and more tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. I'm a little creeped out by that last one. Oh, you think so? The grave he tampered with? Yes. That's not ever a good idea. (laughs) Whoever whoever thinks that it's a good idea to go tamper with a grave for fun. Well, you have to read the story. Okay. And it's it's not quite as bad as it sounds. Okay. Her being a kid and going through Ryanzi Cemetery with my uh, my mom, and the cemetery has since been really fixed up very nicely. But uh, in the early part of the 90s, uh, the cemetery in my hometown had a lot of vandalism in it. And these are gravestones that were, you know, from the 1800s, early 1900s. And a lot of them were just, you know, tipped over. And, you know, it was, you know, people coming and vandalizing the cemetery. It was sad. It made it more creepy, kind of. But at the same time, it was was sad. And my mother and we were always walking through it. She goes, teenagers. (laughs) Yeah. Damn teenagers. Now, I don't know if it was teenagers. Probably was. I don't really know for sure. But I had like this this view of teenagers in my mind as of, like a five year old, as being just these horrible people who went and vandalized graveyards. <laughs> That's all they did. I thought like all teenagers just went to the cemetery and knocked over gravestones. Yeah. Until I became a teenager, and I didn't have a desire to knock over gravestones. I had a desire to go wander through cemeteries still, but never knocked over gravestones. <laughs> but. Just kind of funny. It was always one of those things where when all else fails, if there was something like bad going on in the community or something frustrating that was not right, my mother's always just my mother's go to is always just teenagers. <laughs> just what it was. So interesting stuff. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, you can also write it on the website at Real Ghost Stories Online dot com to share your real ghost story with us. 
Tonight's first story comes to us from Sergeant. Is that SGT? Yeah. Okay, Sergeant. Sergeant writes in, hello, Tony and Jenny. This is Sergeant again. First off, I'd like to say thank you for sharing my story, and I'd like to tell you that uh, ever since I told you about the Kenyan that follows me, it has not happened frequently. I did try therapy at the uh, VA, but I felt uh, judged, so I figured that with you guys, I'd feel more comfortable, so thank you for that. My story today happened to me when I was 10 years old, lived in San Fernando, California. I, at the time, shared a bunk bed with my brother. I slept on top of the bunk and always felt eyes staring at me, but I paid no extra attention to it until one night in my sleep, I was feeling a presence near me, other than my brother's. I got up to see who was there, but there was nobody. When suddenly I felt the urge to look through the balcony window down to the street, what I saw still scares the crap out of me, even as I'm writing this now. What I saw was something that looked like a man with a completely white face, as white as paper. He looked like the character from the movie Sinister, now that I think about it. And all it was doing was staring at me, like I knew it was going to wake up and I was going to wake up and look at it. It freaked me out so much, but I couldn't move. I tried to lie back down and force myself to sleep, but my body wasn't responding. My heart started beating so fast and very cold tears were running down my face because now it wasn't just standing there. Oh my God, no. Now it was making its way up the balcony, just climbing towards me and snarling without ever looking away from my eyes. I tried to yell, move, do anything, but I was frozen. Its claws were gliding through the glass as if it were taunting me. I knew it was only a matter of time before it got in. I was waiting hopelessly for it to do something to me, but it just stood there with its body spread wide open on the glass, just staring and showing me its fangs. After a while, the sun started to come out and it disappeared and I finally collapsed on my bed, as if I, rec if I recall correctly from what my mother told me. I fell asleep till the next morning. I only got up once to eat and went back to bed. I can never forget that night or those black and yellow eyes. Makes me more afraid that it just started instead of... Uh, stared instead of doing something to me. I feel... That it's worse than being attacked because it makes you imagine so many scenarios of what it can do but doesn't. Just enjoys your mind fuck. To this day, I have a really big problem with people staring at me. It freaks me out and puts me in an attack mode. And me being a Marine makes it way worse than it normally would be. That's the story for now. Next time I'll write in some other stories of my grandmother from Mexico. She's a good one when she heard death ride by in his carriage. Thank you, Tony and Jenny. Keep up the great teamwork. I want to hear the story about death riding by in his carriage. That sounds interesting. It, and it's because it, death is Grim Reaper. Yes. Right? Okay. So that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there has been some stories that we've had in the past where that's yeah. visited. Yeah, from Mexico we've had, mm -hmm. I think, and I'm probably speaking out of turn, but I think at least in one area there is some folklore about he more or less goes around in like a wagon or a carriage mm -hmm. type thing, not just showing up standing there. Does he have to have current plates or anything? I don't know. <laughs> um, what did you think of the story? I thought it was very interesting. My mental picture at first until he talks about the character climbing up, trying to get in the glass, mm -hmm. was just the man in the yard staring up at him with the plain white face. I immediately 
thought of Michael Myers from Halloween. It is kind of like that. Yeah, but then when he starts climbing up the balcony to get into the the room, that sounds like a whole different type of character, but that was really freaky imagery there. And and he's exactly right too. I mean, just the fact that it didn't do anything to him. Mhm. I mean, that almost that does make it a little more freaky just with the what ifs. The psychological part of it. Yeah. That was the most terrifying part of the whole story. It totally messes with you because you're like, well, what what could happen? What does it have in mind? Yeah. You know, and is it doing something to you psychologically? Certainly. I mean, on, on a humanistic level it is, mm-hmm. just by scaring you and what it's doing to you mentally as it would to anyone. But it also kind of makes you wonder, is it doing anything else to me at the same time? Oh, sure. You know, it, it, you don't know. That's like one of those long-term Mm-hmm. type effect thing so very interesting story thank you uh, again for writing and sharing that in uh, to the, sh- the uh, show here if you like the show please become an EPP that helps uh, keep us on the air you sign up on the website realghoststoriesonline.com you get 34 bonus episodes sent directly to you bonus video and of course a brand new episode every single week so if you like the show maybe you're a new listener to the show that's how we keep this show on the air is with your guys' support. The more listeners we have, which we're getting more and more every single week, which is awesome, but it also increases our cost of uh, producing the show as well. So if you like it, please help keep us on the air and sign up to be uh, an EPP on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. It's only 5 bucks a month, or if you want, sign up for the full year, and uh, you get it all. No worries about uh, every month uh, having to pay. Sherry uh, writes in, Hi, this is Sherry from Philadelphia. Sent you a long story about my classmate's uh, George's prediction from 1970. Here's a very recent story. Do you remember the prediction story? Yeah. She what was, was in nursing school. Okay. And um, one of the male students, which it was primarily female in the class, but uh-huh. he passed away. I believe it was a car accident. Okay. And she saw his ghost one night and he came back and said that everybody was going to pass the exams. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time in that particular school's history that all the the nurses passed the exams. Okay. And he had some other predictions about her future individually, mm-hmm. which she was like, I don't know. And it all panned out. Okay. I do remember that now. One of which is that she's supposed to get married sometime in her 60s, I believe. Uh-huh. So we kind of are waiting to see on that one. Okay. Is that in this story? No. Okay. So I remember that one. That was a that was probably couple months back right yeah hard to say what episode but it was it was it was a really good story i do remember that uh here's a recent story uh she writes i work in a large academic institution in philadelphia pennsylvania i'm a frequent lecturer in the schools of nursing and medicine in january of this year i was asked to lecture on how to use research websites for advanced nursing undergrads so i was uh, standing in a large classroom with about 60 students facing me you know five rows of tiered seating I had a computer screen directly in front of me, and what I was doing and discussing was being projected onto a large screen, remote up and down. To my left from a projector situated in the ceiling about 20 feet above us, the panel that operates the screen and projector is on the left side of the lower portion of the lectern that I was using, quite a bit out of reach. I had not needed to touch this panel as the professor for the course had set everything up for me and then seated herself on a separate chair in the far right corner of the top tier of seating, not very near any of the students. My lecture was uh, to be about 90 minutes long, but uh, about 20 minutes into it, a movement in the upper right corner where the professor was sitting caught my attention. I saw her move forward while still on the chair, hands flying up as if pushed. She couldn't save herself, and she and the chair fell onto the floor. 
She was a bit shocked and several students helped her to stand up. She's middle-aged and in very good shape, so she was fine physically, although shaken up and a bit embarrassed. Once we were uh, satisfied that she, wasn't, uh, that she was unhurt, I resumed the lecture. She appeared to be grading papers as I lectured. About 10 minutes later, my attention was caught by a movement of air to my left in front of the large screen, and then I felt as if someone ran right behind me very fast. As this invisible someone got to me to got past me to my right, I felt a poke in my hip area as if someone were poking me with a finger. It was a funny gesture. About 10 seconds later, the projector turned off and the automation screen reacted retracted to the ceiling. Believe me, this was totally unexpected as no one was anywhere near enough to the panel to have caused this. That's a story I cannot help but wonder if a poltergeist or similar mischievous spirit was the cause. There have been a few student deaths, one of whom was a grad student who had come to me last summer for research help, but was a very serious guy. After his death, I found out he'd been battling cancer, so hard to believe it was him, unless he's much happier now. wonder what you guys think of this. Thanks for everything and for your wonderful discussions and for all the trouble that you guys take to give us your great episodes. I'm an EPP2, Sherry. Well, Sherry, thank you for being an EPP and helping to, uh, to keep our show on the air. I think it sounds like a disgruntled former student or something like that because mm-hmm. he wanted to mess with the teacher in the back grading the papers and then wanted to do everything he could to stop the lecture mm-hmm. and touch Sherry's hip in the process. You know, it's, I I don't know. I think it's just an upset student. Just a mischievous student? Mm-hmm. What about a... A janitor. It always seems to be. You ever notice, like, when there's like a big building, it's like, oh, it's a ghost janitor. You know, <laughs> I, don't I don't know why that is. I don't know. I think it. I think I feel like it was a student because it seemed to target the teachers. Sure, and I agree with you. Okay. I, I do agree that I think it might have been a student. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think it's funny how a lot of cases when you have hauntings like that, it's always, it always seems to be the 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 rumor or the lore around it is a janitor. Yeah. So I don't know why. I, I don't know why is it always the janitor that, that seems to be the, the culprit in those situations. But in this case, I think it was uh, a student. Well, I think, it, to me, it would make sense if people say, oh, it was the janitors, because you probably don't know that much about the janitor most of the time. They are kind of mysterious sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know about the teacher. They're, yeah. they're easy to find information out about. but And it's someone you see on a regular basis, mm-hmm. almost day in, day out. And it's one of those people that in a lot of cases, a lot of folks don't interact. They're they just, don't take the time to, no, to which is say, horrible. Yeah. Hi, how are you doing today? And they're just kind of that person that is such a regular in your life, probably one of the few people that can be very regular in a student life. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly... You know, if they died or something, I could see that being the lore. It's like, oh, remember that janitor that we saw every day for the last three years? Dead. And yeah. then it's like, what was up with that person? And then anything weird. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That makes sense. There was a janitor in uh, in Wausau at the uh, the University of Wisconsin Extension there. Uh, they One of the buildings there is rumored to be haunted. And it was, it was a janitor story. And we went through there once when I lived there with a video camera. And that was one of the, aside from, from seeing the, the actual ghost that we saw in West Bend last fall, mm-hmm. um, on camera we caught uh, something very bizarre when we were going through that, uh, 
the hallway of that uh, campus there. We're going through, and all of a sudden, the uh, the elevator door opens up. Nobody's in the elevator. We didn't press the elevator. But on camera, then we see the dust orbs. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's very tiny orbs. It's not like super bright light or anything, but it goes, it stops, and it moves. And it's not the pattern of dust. Sure. And nor were you seeing dust in any other part of this video either. So, like, why would suddenly dust show up when this elevator opens up by itself? And the weird lighting and direction of it. It was neat. That sounds really creepy. And I don't know what the backstory is with a janitor or what, but that, that was all I knew was that the ghost of the janitor. Is on, you know, I'm sure if you Google it, it's probably somewhere. But sure. it is a fairly documented uh, haunting location in the state of Wisconsin. And it's really not a creepy old college building either. You know, you think of college buildings, mm-hmm. sometimes the older ones, the old big brick, you know, monstrosities that look somewhat like prisons. Yeah. This one did not. This looked like a, you know, probably a mid-century modern oh. about the time it was built. Mm-hmm. So it kind of had that, you know, it was institutional looking, but it was like mid-century institutional looking. Kind of, you know, weird, you know, the colors of the era and such in there. See, we have a haunted building on our campus. Here. In Wichita, Kansas? Yes. Okay. At least as far as I know on which at Wichita State. I don't know about the other colleges here. Mm-hmm. But Fisk Hall is the oldest hall on campus. Okay. And it's Actually, I think it is one of the original buildings that's still standing. But anyway, it was the infirmary where people during the 1918 influenza break mm-hmm. outbreak, that's where they were put. Oh. And that's that's where they went. Because, I mean, think about that. Think about an influenza outbreak. Sure. But then think about being at college with an influenza outbreak. Yeah. So that's what they did and that was later a men's dorm and there's all kinds of history and stuff that is odd about that building they've investigated it and found some unusual activity in there is it one of those that that does kind of look castle like it's it's very obvious that it's the oldest or prison like if you will it's not really prison like it's almost more of a colonial looking type okay building my high school was very prison looking like Really? It really was like kind of joked about. It. It's like, yeah, this could be a great high school or a prison, one of the two. Just all rock, you know. Uh-huh. It was it was built in the I think late 1800s, and uh, I was the last class there in 2001. Uh, but uh, it was uh, it was creepy. Yeah. I don't I don't know if there was any ghost stories. I I can only imagine there had to have been, but I never really heard them. You know. That's too bad. With the amount, I know. I mean, it's something I totally would have gone into. I don't know why. I never really thought of it either. I mean, there's literally, you know, a hundred year of students that would have gone through those doors. Yeah, that that would have been a hotbed. Oh, yeah. Was it stone? Yeah, you said? completely. Limestone. Okay. At that, too. I'm surprised that you never looked into that. I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I was too busy playing Celine Dion at the radio station down the road. <laughs> Your parents had reason to worry. <laughs> Leah writes in, hey, Tony and Jenny, first off, I want to start off with saying that I love the show. Listen to it uh, on my way to and from work uh, as I'm uh, getting ready in the morning. It seems to make my day start better. Anyway, after much debating on which story I should share with you, because I do have quite a few, I finally settled on this one. I have a pretty hefty group of friends. There's about eight of us. We're always together. Last summer, we went through this heavy phase of finding haunted places near us and going and checking them out. 
We live about 30 minutes outside of Birmingham, Alabama, and there are a few cemeteries around us that we'd found and wanted to check out. On this particular night, we decided to go to one that we had always heard stories about. The stories consisted of how apparently there was once a group of kids who would go out there and perform pagan rituals and knock over headstones. Also, I had heard many people say they had been walking through this, uh, through, and something would run up behind them and not be there when they turned around. Damn teenagers. (laughs) I said it for you, Mom. Now, I'm not necessarily a skeptic, but I like to witness things for myself, so I just kind of uh, brushed it off. However, we all pile into a couple cars and head off. When we finally found the entrance, it was super overgrown, and the driveway to it, you could tell it was once paved, but... No one really worried uh, with it anymore. As we pulled in, I instantly got a terrible feeling. It was like I knew that whatever was there was watching us and wanted us to leave. But nonetheless, we all got out and started sauntering off through the headstones. Most of the girls and I were looking around and reading what they said because most of them dated back to the early 1800s. And we heard my boyfriend and one of the other guy friends run off into the woods asking if we had heard something. We all ran over to where they were and listened. There was a light out in the woods about 60 feet away from us, and you can faintly hear a woman crying. When they returned, they hadn't found anyone, and the light disappeared. At that point, we decided we didn't want to be there anymore and started walking back to the cars. When I and the girl who was walking in behind or back with me, you guessed it, heard something run up behind us. We spun around and looked. It was a very large oak tree in the middle of the cemetery with graves under it, which happened to be all of children. But we saw a very dark, dense shadow go behind the tree like it was hiding from us. At that point, I wasted no time getting in my car and getting the hell out of there. We went back during the day not too long after to look around, and we found that on the tree, someone had carved three upside-down crosses onto it. And on some of the surrounding trees, there were other markings that I couldn't make out, but that whole experience was very frightening. I want to end with saying I love you guys. Keep up the good work. I hope to become an EPP soon and hope to hear this on a future episode. Hopefully between now and then I can decide on what my next story to submit will be. That was a busy af- a busy evening, you know, between yeah. the, the woman in the woods with the light mm-hmm. and then the shadow person. Yeah, I mean, they really got the full buffet. They of, did. Uh, of hauntings in a cemetery. Most mm-hmm. people only wish for that. Mm-hmm. They go to the cemetery hoping to have something happen, and they get a shadow person. They get all sorts of fun things. Or they get something that they they think was paranormal, but they really can't say that it was. Yeah, they were. They walked away with a good experience. I and think they, they can be done now. <laughs> and they were looking for it too. You know. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. Uh, congratulations. I would quit. Yeah. Quit while you're ahead, before it follows you home. Don't you think? Yes. You're looking at me like, stop squeaking your chair. Stop squeaking I'm sorry. your chair. I need to get some WD-40. You need to just hold your butt still. Well, I like rocking. I know you do. Rocking is fun. I kind of, you know. Well, until you get WD-40, keep your butt still. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I promise. Okay. I remember my grandma telling me that. She had those th- these stools that were like kind of bar stools up on her <laughs> counter. I'm like, keep your butt still. No, don't spin around. No spinning, because you could spin them, like, infinitely. <laughs> and I loved spinning infinitely. I still do. Uh-huh. Like, sometimes when I'm in here during the day by myself working, I'll just sit here and spin. You will not. For, like, ten minutes straight. 
and I'll put my hands in there and go, wee. Really? Yes, I no, I won't. But tomorrow I probably will try it now that we've talked about you it. You do that, and then you'll be dizzy and sick all the rest of the day. So you hear this big thud. <laughs> like, what was that? Oh, Tony fell over. Wow. He was spinning. He was playing spinning chairs because he's eight. <laughs> Uh, Al writes in, hey there, I'm kind of a new listener to the podcast, but really enjoyed. Thanks for sharing stories on the podcast and doing so in an entertaining manner. Here's a story about uh, the only time I had something of an encounter. At the moment, I'm a senior in high school. I live in the same small town all my life and am used to pretty much everything that happens around here. Years ago, back when I was a little kid, I and a lot of other neighborhood kids should play a lot around the neighborhood. A favorite meeting place would be the woods, as we called it. It wasn't really a big wooded area, more of a small forest, sort of a place in the center of the block. The woods would be behind many houses, and you'd have to pass through yards to get there. Anyway, there were always stories passed around by children, and one of them being that there was a dead dog buried in a wooden coffin in the woods. Still there. Anybody could go and see it, and it was true. There was a coffin in the center of the woods, surrounded by chain-link fence. That's creepy as hell. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, I thought my woods was creepy. Our guess was that the neighbor that used to live there had a pet that died, wanted it buried there, and never got to it. People may have messed with the coffin, so a fence is put up. Anyway, I was fascinated by this coffin and the story. Climbed the fence to go see it. Dark and rotted old wood of a simple coffin that was a bit too small for a person. It even looked handsome, and uh, we wondered what was really inside It was nailed completely shut with no real way of kids getting into it, though it never deterred me or any other persistent friends. We worked on opening it being silly kids who had no respect for property. Looking back, it was probably a mistake to meddle like that. We never did actually open it, but did mess it up a bit. One day it was gone. So was the fence. Our guess was that somebody may have complained or another neighbor wanted the stuff out now that it didn't belong to anybody. So we forgot about it for a while, though I'd always go back to the woods, notice scratches up on the trees. Looked like a very large dog may have been scratching or clawing at the bark, anxiously trying to reach something in the branches. I shrugged it all off, knowing that we did have a lot of animals around here. Foxes, coyotes, possums, all those. Fast forward to a few months ago, back when I was about 16 or so, I liked uh, taking walks around the neighborhood at night peaceful. I could walk my dog in silence and focus on my thoughts. Never had any problems and never even saw any sort of animal or people outside. It was only ever about ten or so at night. I was never gone long. But anyways, one night I was busy walking the dog at about 11.30 or so at night. A bit late, but I wasn't bothered. It's definitely dark, so many yards had their lamps on. I was going just fine when I noticed up ahead something sitting under a lamp in the middle of somebody's yard scared me at first. Never expected other animals outside or saw any others until now. I assumed it was only a fox or a coyote or even a family dog, but as I got closer and watched longer, I noticed that it was much too big to be just some neighborhood coyote. It was also very dark. Big black dog sitting in somebody's yard. My dog was now spooked as well, just standing and staring. All of us were staring at one another until I tugged the leash and kept walking. I tried to ignore it, not look at it any longer, and kept my gaze forward. And I did, until I heard clicking behind me. The noise of nails on the sidewalks of a dog would make if they were trotting behind you, which was exactly what this thing was doing. 
a few feet behind me, following. I turned to look at it, and that's when it stopped. I turned back ahead and kept walking, hoping it would just leave. It could have been up to my waist, at least, if not bigger. I couldn't see its features very clearly. Eyes, nose, mouth, it was too dark. It followed me and my dog for a while. I was talking aloud to myself, trying to calm my nerves, and occasionally I looked back to see it just staring and standing. At this point, I was getting mad. I didn't want the thing here and didn't want to be followed either. It seemed friendly, like maybe it just wanted to get a closer look at me or my dog, but I didn't want any of it. I finally started walking towards it and backed up some. I talked to it for a moment, saying things like, it should just leave already, and then kept walking ahead, not looking back. But after a while, I heard nothing. Looking behind myself, I noticed that now it was gone. Frantically, I looked around, worried it might be hiding somewhere close. Maybe it'd attack me or my dog, but nothing happened. I made it home a little later, in one piece, but still confused over what happened. I never did see it again or anything like it, but occasionally while I'm out at night, I'll hear faint screams in the distance. My guess is that it only it is only the foxes making those noises, as they do scream like women when it's mating season. I wonder what it was, if it could even be a spirit of that dog that died years ago. The coffin and grave I messed with so much, maybe it was curious to see who I was who disturbed them. I don't know if that counts as a ghost story, but that's the only thing that's happened to me so far. I don't want to see or be followed by another big black dog again, but maybe... It was something. Sorry if this was a bit long. Thank you again for the podcast. I think it counts. Yeah, I think so. Do you think an animal can be vengeful like that if it has its grave disturbed? You know, maybe so. It's like, uh-uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm going after you now. I have a question, though. Yeah? Okay, so this coffin in the woods with the dead dog in it sat there for so long that the owner never got around to burying it so they put a fence up around it is that just as much work as just digging a hole i don't get it why I, why would you do that i don't know i mean i totally believe that this happened mm-hmm. but to me it just i'm like why aren't you, why don't you just if i were that owner or yeah. the person that was having to deal with the coffin on their property or whatever why don't you just bury it instead of erecting a fence around it two thoughts i i I don't know know. that's what tripped me up on this one the the logic makes no sense i mean i mean it's their assumption as to what was actually going on because they were obviously not the ones that were doing the the burying or the oh sure but um just you know from their perspective i mean anyone looking at this will go why why fence this why not just dig a hole yeah I, I, i don't i mean if you're gonna you would think that if you're going to put the dog in the coffin, you're going to go to the time, the effort, the expense of putting the dog in the coffin, and you're going to take it out to the woods. Mm-hmm. The intent would be to dig the hole. Now, the only thing I can think of is that maybe this happened in winter and the ground was frozen. Okay. And there was no way to get into the ground very well. All you could really do was put some stakes up around and do a fence. Okay. Temporarily. I could see that temporarily, but, but it sounds like the fence was an afterthought. Yeah. Maybe eventually they're like, oh, the dog's out there. I don't really need to dig the hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead. I moved on. I got a new dog. I got, you know, Fluffles number two now. And I would still fun. dig a hole well, for sure. Fluffles. But I have respect for your pet. No, I do think that 
that was somehow related. Yeah. The dog and the that was following him. It was disturbed that it didn't get a, a hole. I don't know. What happened to Fluffles then? They didn't bury it. I mean, the body of Fluffles. I mean, we know Fluffles' spirit started following this guy around, but where was the real Fluffles? I'm so confused right now. You said Fluffles so many times. Will the real Fluffles please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. <laughs> I mean, the body of the dog. Well, in the it coffin. disappeared. I know, but where did it go? Who knows? I Maybe somebody finally buried it. A dumpster behind Home Depot. Could be. Poor Fluffles. It's a bizarre story. It's a good story. It's a good story. It's a bizarre story. It's mm-hmm. interesting to hear a pet doing something like that. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Let's go to Phil in Texas. Hi. Hey, y'all. This is uh, Philip, and I live in the Fort Worth area in Texas. And uh, just wanted to let you know, Tony, I'm a former radio guy myself, and I remember I was listening to one of your podcasts about um, I think it was the Captain Morgan broadcast about how you would have dreams that you were DJing, being on the radio, and you would have dead air. Well, I'm going to tell you, I haven't been a DJ since the mid-90s, but those dreams never go away. Once in a while, I still dream that I was, uh, I'll was i be on the radio and won't be able to uh, get my song on on time. But anyway, by the way, I just wanted to let you... Uh, know of my ghost story I uh, went to school went to a school in Dallas a college there and this was my second time around going to college and uh, there was a church that me and my wife attended in Dallas that had a property that they wanted us to live at and basically we got to stay there for rent free all we had to do was just pay the utilities and take care of the property and just live there and i was thinking okay what's the catch well anyway apparently the property belonged to a couple that had lived at that church and I believe it was the husband passed away and the wife, she just, I guess, didn't want to live there anymore. Maybe there was too many memories or something. So she donated the property to the church. And so, and it was a place in Southeast Dallas. It was just right on the corner of of the city. So it was kind of like still living in Dallas, but have the feel of living in the country. And uh, basically they would have hay rides out there for the youth group and anything. But anyway, Um, They wanted us to uh, live out there, so we lived out there, and uh, it was pretty quiet at some point, but I began to wonder because some strange things started happening around that house, and um, my wife, we went to school, and my wife got pregnant my freshman year, so when my sophomore year came around when the baby was born, I basically, at least for a semester or two, had to take a couple of night classes because I didn't want to put my baby in daycare and go to school right right when the baby was born. So my wife would work during the day and would come home, and then I would go to school. And when she was home, she would watch the baby. And when 
when I got home from school, the baby would be probably already in bed, so I would just uh, stay up, do my homework, listen to the baby monitor, and if anything happened, um, I would usually take care of it. A lot of times what would happen, I'd be doing my homework and listening to the monitor, and my son would wake up uh, crying, as you know, babies do quite often, and my wife would just softly get up and sing a little lullaby, and the baby would go back to sleep. This happened a time or two, and I didn't really think much of it. Well, one night I was actually working on some homework, doing an assignment, and my son woke up crying, and I heard a lullaby. And it just sounded so cute that at this point, I just wanted to peek my, my head around the corner and, you know, just kind of see what was going on. So I walked um, towards the bedroom. There was two doors. The, the normal door we would go in was shut, but there was another entry around to the bathroom, so that's the way I went. And as I turned the corner, my wife I noticed my wife was asleep in the bed. So I was like, that's kind of strange. But then I look over to where the baby crib was, and there was something standing there at the crib. And I was just shocked, and I was just kind of freaked out when I saw that. And I was like, what in the heck's going on? And as soon as I saw that figure standing there, I didn't even really get a good look at it. But my son screamed the most blood-curling scream you've ever heard in your life, and that scared me just as bad as seeing what was there, and that thing just vanished. And my wife woke up because my son was screaming and crying, and it was just, it was a very scary, scary moment. And I was just like, and I explained to my wife what I just heard on the monitor, and I just thought it was her singing a lullaby, so I just wanted to peek my head in and kind of see it, and lo and behold that's what happened so the next day you know i was trying to rationalize everything and and uh saying well maybe there's other you know homes because there was a home not too far away from ours i said maybe they have a baby monitor too so i went over and talked to them and nope they didn't have a baby monitor and so i just didn't really know what to think of that but there would be instances in that house to where i'd be working on my homework late at night and i would hear footsteps thinking it was my wife, you know, walking into the kitchen, you know, to get a drink or something, but nobody would be there. And so, yeah, there was just a few instances in that house. I had a cousin who I was very close to back in uh, 1995 who had passed away. And I remember one night at that house, I was just laying in bed thinking about him. And I just kind of whispered to myself, I miss you, buddy, you know. And then lo and behold, I look over and I could swear I saw somebody standing over the bed that looked just like him. Well, this time I really didn't kind of freak out that much. I just kind of turned over to my side like I didn't see it and uh, pulled the covers over my head. But believe me, under the covers, I was really, really shaking. And so basically that's my, that's basically the stories from that house. But, you know, before that I was kind of a kind of a skeptic i mean i i uh, thought maybe there was something up that something to all these stories but i had never really experienced anything up to that point but you know it wasn't long after that that the church decided that the property was more trouble than what it was worth and they sold it and i was glad because i didn't want to live there anymore and uh we moved to an apartment in a suburb and um (laughs) 
my wife had talked me into uh, getting an iPhone. So I finally, you know, relented and got an iPhone. And that's when the uh, Ghost Radar app came out. And so I was kind of curious about that. So I got out the Ghost Radar app. And I know there was another similar app. I think it was called Ghost Tracker. So I downloaded both of those and would use them, you know, side by side just to kind of compare to see what was going on. Well, Apparently, I think the Ghost Tracker app ended up being like a prank app, but I think you had to work it a while before it actually unlocked the prank. And so there was one day where I was in our apartment, and my, my son apparently was in his room, and he came tearing out of that room like his hair was on fire, white as a ghost. And I was like, what's going on? He says, I saw a skeleton. Well, apparently he had gotten my iPhone and was playing with the Ghost Tracker app when a pop-up scary face thing kind of said, and it was like, you've been pranked. And so ever since then, I've been kind of leery about the ghost radars and the ghost trackers. I mean, I didn't know how really real that stuff was anyway, but <laughs> I have a few more stories I'd like to share with you. I have one that I actually uh, emailed in, and hopefully you'll get to that one of these days. It was about a Ouija board story that happened when uh, I was in college the first time. And um, hopefully you, you'll get to that one soon. But I appreciate your guys' show. I love it very much. And keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you for your call. And it's always fun to hear somebody that's from my neck of the woods. <laughs> I can yeah. hear the accent. <laughs> Yeah, very interesting story as far as, uh, you know, uh, from the, the end story there, I was just thinking about the apps that he was talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was unaware that one of them was actually a prank type app. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But uh, I, I have screwed around with the other one, the Ghost Trainer. I gave up on it a long time ago. I was talking with someone the other day about that, and I said, you know, do you really, I mean, are these things nothing more than just, a modern day incarnation of a Ouija board essentially you're asking to communicate with the other side and hoping something happens and the answer is yeah so I'm kind of glad I stopped screwing around with the, uh, yeah. the ghost radar app. that poor little boy though when that skeleton <laughs> popped up on there That that's a story that child will share for the rest of his life Yeah. in lots of therapy meetings <laughs> <laughs> not with friends just in therapy but uh, thank you for the call. Very, uh, very good story. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to April. Hi. Hi, my name's April. I've called your show before and given you quite a few stories. This one I want to share about an apartment that I lived in in Hollywood that was haunted. I had been looking for an apartment for a while. At that time, I was like staying in hotels and stuff until I could get an apartment. Well, one day I was walking around looking at different apartment buildings, seeing which ones have for rent signs. And so I had a friend of mine with me and we were walking around and I've always been very clairvoyant, very psychic when it comes to like the spirit world, angels, you know, that kind of stuff. And so anyway, we're walking around and we come across this apartment building that has a sign that said for rent. So we went we went inside the building 
and I asked the people in there, the uh, people in the office, if they had any apartments to rent. And they said yes. They said we got one on floor one, and they said we got two open on the second floor. So I said okay, and the man, the manager walked over to the apartment unit that was on the first floor and he opened the door. Well, as soon as he opened up the door, I felt the presence of a, of a male spirit. And I knew there was a spirit or ghost that was at the apartment because I could sense it there. So I told my friend Joseph, who was with me, I said, there's something here. I said, I don't know if it was once human. I don't know if it's something demonic or if it's just a ghost of a person who passed away in this apartment. But there's definitely something there. And my friend Joseph, he was um, really clairvoyant. He, you know, he could see spirits and communicate with them too. So he went in with me. And the manager showed me around in the apartment, you know, he said, this is the living room. And he went into the kitchen and said, this is the kitchen. And the thing is, let me tell you, it was a uh, studio apartment. So it wasn't, there wasn't a bedroom. It was just a big living room, a kitchen. But he takes me into the hallway area of the apartment. He points at the door and says, that's the bathroom door. And I thought it was kind of strange that he pointed at the door and said, that's the bathroom door. He didn't go and, you know, open it up or anything. He just pointed at it and said, that's the bathroom door. So I said, okay. And my friend Joseph and I looked at each other. And Joseph said, the presence is coming from in that bathroom. And I said, yeah, I know. So we opened up the, I opened up the door and you could feel what felt like a male spirit that was there. So I asked it, you know, did you die here in this apartment? And as soon as I asked the question, the bathroom light started flickering on and off real, real fast. And then all of a sudden I could hear what sounded like the bathroom sink starting to run. But when I looked at the bathroom sink, the water wasn't on, but I swear me and my friend Joseph both heard what sounded like the sink turning on and running. And we turned around and looked at the apartment manager, and he just said, well, do you like the apartment? Like, he was, like, really in a hurry to try to get out of that apartment. So I said yes and asked how much it was a month to rent it and everything, and he told me. Well, I had ended up getting that apartment. Like, within, like, four or five days later, I got the apartment. And come to find out, like, after I had moved in and everything, the spirit started making itself known by doing little things like opening the kitchen cupboards. I'd go in, I would shut the cupboards. So anyways, to make a long story short, I found out how the guy died in the apartment bathroom. He died of a heroin overdose in the bathroom. Uh, from what I found out, he OD'd, and he was in there for about four or five days. Finally, the stink got so bad in the building 
that people called the police and said, hey, there's something really stinking in that apartment. We can smell it all over in the building. So the police came out, you know, kicked the door in or however they got in. And as soon as they opened that front door of the apartment unit, it let out a stench that was so bad people all the way through the hall could smell it. So anyway, so that's how the guy died. He died of an OD on heroin, and it was a trip because um, there were times where it sounded like the bathroom. It sounded like the toilet would flush in the middle of the night, and I'd just, like, sit up in bed and kind of look around the apartment for a few seconds, like, what the hell was that? Because I knew no one else was in, well, living-wise anyway. Nobody else was actually living there except for me and Joseph. And so Joseph would sleep on the sofa and I would sleep on the bed. And we would hear noises in that bathroom like all the time. So that's what we found out was that the guy had died there and actually, it was, he wasn't a bad spirit. I never felt anything like evil or anything like that from him. Basically, what I felt from him, which he told me through a dream one night, was that he didn't, it, it was sort of like, it's like he didn't want to die. He didn't, he didn't want to be if just something that happened to him. Um, <clears throat> the story, I remember hearing through it. Well, one time I had a dream about him when he actually communicated and told me about it. He said that the night that he died, that afternoon he had bought some stuff, lack of a better word, and the guy that sold it to him told him, you know, he said, this shit's pretty much pure. It, it's not like your street value shit where it's cut. I don't know, I've, I've never done hard drugs a day in my life, so I don't really know much about it. But that's what he told me in the dream, was that the guy he bought it from told him that it was heroin. And to only do a small amount. Of course, Francis said, you know, that's what they all say, she'll pay a whole lot for a small amount. So he really believed that the guy was just selling him cheap dope, you know. And so... That night, when he did his stuff, he leaned against the bathroom wall. He was sitting on the toilet. He leaned against the bathroom wall, and the stuff stopped his heart within, like, a matter of seconds. He said that after leaving his body, <coughs> excuse me, he said after leaving his body, he kept trying to get back inside of his body, but he couldn't. And he said it really scared the hell out of him. He said because he said as soon as he his spirit left his body and he said he was just spirit-wise, he was like standing in the bathroom looking at his corpse. Like he said the first word out of his mouth, I guess you would say it, was what the fuck happened? And it, he said it just freaked him out. So he started like physically like trying to get back into his body and he couldn't and 
But anyway, I lived there for a couple of years, and it was kind of funny because sometimes, like, if I was cooking something on the stove, like macaroni and cheese, which I found out from Francis, that was one of his favorite things when he was alive, that he really used to like Velveeta macaroni and cheese. So I had some Velveeta, and I went in the other room for a minute to get a cigarette, and I could hear the water boiling over. So I ran back into the kitchen, and the stove burner was turned down low, and it was on high. So I asked Francis, I said, did you turn this flame, you know, turn the fire down on the stove? And he told me yes. He said it was boiling over, and I didn't want it to boil all over the stove, so I turned the flame down. So I thought that was kind of cool that he actually had the ability to actually turn the stove flame down. But it's like we would have things happen in that apartment, like, all the time. Um, but when I finally left that apartment building to move somewhere else, I asked Francis if he wanted to be a spirit guide to me and just quit haunting the apartment, you know. I told him, I said, look, you can join me and Joseph and hang out with us. You don't have to keep haunting this apartment building. And he said it sounded good to him because he had been haunting the place for like 20 years. And so anyway, so yeah, he left with me and Joseph and he became one of my guides. I will explain the story of how I met my guy Joseph at another time. Uh, Jenny, I heard you're not feeling well, so me and my two angels wish you to get better soon. If we had a white healing candle, we would light it for you, but right now we don't have one. But I do hope that you feel better soon. Uh, God bless you and blessed be to you and your family, Tony and Jenny. Um, your daughter, your youngest daughter, her angel is named Raphael. The oldest one is St. Gertrude. So those are the two saints that watch over your children, Gabriel and Gertrude, which is cool because St. Gertrude is the uh, patron saint of cats. So if you ever notice if your oldest daughter is cat-like or if cats are easily drawn to your daughter, your oldest daughter, that's why. Because her saint is Saint Gertrude, and she's the patron saint, patron saint of cats. Saint Gabriel. And the call got cut off. I know, and I wanted to know more about Saint Gabriel because I don't know. Sure, I I know nothing either. Can you use like those uh, those uh, LED uh, candles in, in in place of uh, real light up candles? <laughs> I don't know, but I am feeling better, so somebody must have lit a candle somewhere. Yeah, so it worked out well for you. Thank you for calling in and uh, and sharing your story with us. If you have a real ghost story, you can get it to us at eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. Of course, you can also write in on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. So lots of ways of Getting those stories to us, we would absolutely love to hear them. And uh, as we said earlier, if you like the show, please help support it and keep it on the air. It's only $5 a month to be an EPP. You get a brand new episode every single week. You can even sign up for a full year if you'd like. You don't have to mess with the every month PayPal thing. Uh, it's just going you know, to sign up, get uh, access to all of our bonus episodes, brand new episodes sent to you every single week, along with all sorts of extra nice little goodies 
that we uh, we create for you. And they're not baked goods, but they're goodies. Yeah, there's not much baking that goes on here anymore. <laughs> but they are they are certainly worth it, and every morsel is delicious. <laughs> so uh, anyway, sign up on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com, and please help keep our show uh, going because we love doing it for you. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.